Good morning, everyone. Welcome to ICF Rome online. And for those who will eventually be on campus, this is Pastor Jennifer Pasquale. And I'm excited for this season that is upon us. You know, we're celebrating Jesus. We're thankful for everything that he's done for your life, even if you don't know it yet. So as you enter into this service today, I encourage you to lean into the worship, to stand up if you can and praise your, raise your hands and praise the Lord because God is faithful. He has a word for you today. I am believing for a miracle in your life. It's in motion. You joined us online today and God has ordered your steps. God has a word for you. And as you lean into his presence, I know that your heart and your mind is going to be lifted, healed, restored, rejuvenated. I'm so thankful that you are joining with us today. How many don't need any help with your life? That's good. I'm glad y'all. <laughs> How many need some help with your life? Yes. We don't do life alone. Amen. This week has been so powerful through the week of prayer. Come on, I want to hear some praise out there. I am so very thankful for our amazing tech team and worship team and prayer team and all of you that participated on campus every single night, all the way Monday to Saturday last night into this morning. And as we have said a few times in the last couple days, it doesn't stop there. That practice of praying and fasting, seeking the Lord, making room for him to speak, it changes your life, changes your perspective. So today, I want to wrap up our theme of the month, count on his word. I want you to count on it. Our theme for this year, you can put that back one second, thank you. Our theme for this year is count on it. Say count on it. What am I counting on? I'm counting on the resurrection power of the empty cross. Amen? I, he's not on that cross. He's not dead. He's alive. I'm counting on that resurrection power. The scripture for this year, can you say it with me? Come on. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. Psalms 130, verse 5. That's in the middle of the Bible. I want you to know where to find it. I want you to read it. I want you to remember when somebody gives you bad news. Wait, I'm counting on the Lord. Yes. You know David had to repeat himself. He had to say, wait a minute, tell myself, yes, I am counting on the Lord, even though this has been a hard day. I have put my hope in his word, not mine, not theirs, not someone else's, right? I have put my hope in his word. So today, as we finish, every, every month we do a new theme based on count, and this month has been count on his word. As we start this year to remember and so I want you to know that for 2024, you have a reply to tell someone you can trust in God. Count on it. Say count on it. Tell them. You can trust. Count on it. Don't doubt. Don't fear. 
the word of God has been through so many translations. And I'm not here to give you theological discussions, but that's the only book I know that has survived all these translations in multiple printing factories because it's not a man's written word of God. It is the holy word of God inspired and given to you and I. Somebody say amen. amen. This week, we've had many prayer testimonies. I've had people tell me this was such an important week in my work and to keep my brain in the right perspective the time of prayer and fasting was powerful this week as the enemy was wreaking havoc with some the week of prayer and fasting reminded us God is able God will bring the victory the victory is already in motion amen I have people that were online and on campus tell me that God transformed their life last Sunday this week in prayer, online and on campus, God was changing their perspective of how they make decisions and how they do life, and to the point of seeking to be full of the Holy Spirit so they can make new decisions to follow Christ in the right way. Somebody say praise God for that. Amen. I asked you last week, what are you praying for? And Prince reminded us last night that I believe God answered that prayer. When you pray to God specifically, we're going to have a moment at the end of service where I'm going to invite you to move. You moved last week, but there is something. We call this the altar area because it represents a sacrifice we give to God, a, a coming to him. It's a safe space to pray. Say pray. I mean, you know, we just need to pray. And sometimes when you're distracted by somebody who's getting in their purse or maybe there's, a, you know, they drop their pen or if you're by me, I might drop my water. I'll try not to. And you come into this safe space to pray. Your focus shifts from your problem to the problem solver. Amen. And so this week I did pray for these three things. And I want you to know I'm still praying for these three things over your life the first one is a holy confidence to share your faith i want you to have that it's not an arrogant boldness it is a holy confidence that the faith i have in jesus christ can change your life and so therefore i'm happy to tell you about it you see the holy spirit changed my life and so I have a holy confidence that I can share that faith because I know that when I share it, he's going to change your life. Somebody say amen. amen. You have to have a lifestyle of sharing. In this world, we are so self-centered. And we only want it to be what we want, when we want, how we want. Jesus shared himself with others. He shared himself when he fed 5,000 on the mount. He shared himself with the disciples. And we say we believe in Jesus and we want God, but we don't want to share anything. We hold it too close. We're too scared to let ourselves go or make ourselves vulnerable. That is a lie from the enemy. If I don't make my heart vulnerable to God, how will he touch it? An unvulnerable heart to God is hard. It's not permeated. That, that heart that is hardened 
that has walls up around it. But when I let the walls down and I tell someone, let me tell you something. There's a few times when I've said to somebody, I need you to pray for me. And later, the enemy's like, oh, you're weak. You needed prayer. Mm -mm. Not at all. The Bible says where two or three agree as touching anything. It's done in Jesus' name. I will never back up and say, don't pray for me. That would be arrogance. A holy confidence says, I'm sharing my faith, and I need you to share your faith, and together we're going to see a victory. Somebody say amen. amen. The second thing I prayed for this week, and I continue to pray for you this year, is a deeper hunger for more of the Holy Spirit. You have to have more than just, yes, Lord, in your mind. You have to say, here I am, Lord. I want all you have. Say all. I know that's a little bit scary. Not everybody can say it with such strength. But you know what? I don't say it in my strength either. I say it in the power and the strength and the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, if you're so full with the stuff of this world, the mentality of the world, the, the politics of the world, the sales of January, whatever it is, if you're so full of all of that, how can you be hungry for more of the Holy Spirit. That's what this week of prayer and fasting has done. It has said, I'm going to set aside all those things that fill me up. And I'm going to say, Lord, I'm empty, and I want you to fill me up with the Holy Spirit. You must have, hear me, you must have a deeper hunger for more of the Spirit. When you get an attitude that says, I've had enough, thank you, you're telling God, I know better about my life than you do. You're like, Pastor Jen, woohoo. I'm telling you what I've learned from experience. I'm telling you what I've observed in people's lives. I'm telling you what is biblical principles. When you have an appetite for more of God, not more satisfaction from your friends, not more invitations to a party, but when you have a, an appetite for more of what the Holy Spirit offers, He comes in and fills you up. And the third thing that I'm praying for you all year long is that you will have a persevering mindset, a stability of faith. You know, all these things I'm praying for are things that when you start praying, the enemy, like, he makes you go like, ooh, um, this boy, this one, I, bet, I thought I already had victory over that one. Now, here it is again. I'm praying for you. I need you to pray for me. I want you to pray for each other. But I want us to stop being wishy-washy. I don't know if that translates. Uh, wishy-washy. What is that word? Huh? No. Uh, uncertain. You change your mind. Hot and cold. Yeah. Hot and cold. Don't be hot and cold. I want you to be hot all the time for Jesus. The fire of the Holy Spirit is what permeates our lives. It, it's what refines us. So we have to have a stability of faith. Say stability. There is the power of God at work in each of us that you do not have to say, well, I'm emotional, I'm a woman. You do not have to say, well, I have lots of confidence, you know, I'm a, I'm a director at my job. That humble confidence for more of the Holy Spirit 
And that ability to say, my faith is not in whether I'm sick or well. My faith is not in whether I'm rich or poor. Come on. My faith is not in whether my friends love me or they don't. My stability of faith is in God, who is the beginning and the end. Amen? He's the Alpha and Omega. He never quits. He never stops. He's faithful. So don't be swayed by circumstances. I want you to persevere. The world needs you to persevere. We've been, I've been in, in ministry in this city and through this ministry here for 25 years. But on this street living and working for 10 years. And I can tell you that business owners, sometimes on this street and in this area, they don't always respond the first time we say, hey, come to church. God loves you. We love you. And they look at us like, I've had some who are like, I'm like, God bless you. Have a good day. Dioti Benedica. Stability of faith says, I still love you. I'm still praying for you. I still want you to know the love of Jesus. And then what happens because we're stable when COVID happened, hear me, when COVID happened, I had some of those business owners saying, where were y'all? We needed you. I mean, we had to close for a little bit, but then we adjusted. And they're like, thank you. We're so glad you're back. We needed you. But did they come to church on a regular basis? No, not yet. But this week, during the week of prayer, several walked in those doors, sat in chairs. We got new Welcome Center furniture out there. So you can feel free to sit and just say, I want to talk to my friend for a minute before I leave. I got another new sofa over here in the prayer room so you can just sit in the presence of the Lord. I moved chairs over here to make a prayer zone so you can pray with us before second service. But there's a stability of faith that the world is looking for. So if you quit, hear me, if you quit, what if somebody goes to hell because they were waiting, they were about to invite Jesus into their life, but then suddenly you gave up and, and then they went, well... I guess if it's not good for them, it's not good for me. You're like, Pastor Jen, I'm telling you what the Lord has put on my heart. Romans 4, 20 and 21 says, He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. But there's a word there at the beginning. What's that first word? Yet. Nevertheless, no matter what, yet. He did not waver. He did not fall down or quit through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened, say strong. He was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. Today, I want you to count on his word and stay strong. I want you to count on his word and stay strong. I want you to run to scripture. I want you to turn it on your phone. I want you to read it with your eyes. I want you to listen to it with your ears. I want you to run to the holy text message from heaven. And I want you to stay strong. Last week I told you these four things that when you're strong in the word, these things happen. You have an affiliation you know who you are affiliating with. You know who you are coming into relationship with. This week, as those who chose to affiliate with us 
on campus, online, there was something that happened that strengthened our faith, wasn't it, Moonby? Wave at us back there, Moonby. Yeah, y'all look back at Moonby. She's waving at me. She strengthened her faith because there was an affiliation. There's a revelation when you come into the Word of God saying, I don't know everything. If you read John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And you say, God, I know that verse. I don't need to know that verse. But what if he gives you a revelation of that whosoever? And suddenly you see that my brother who's been away from God is the whosoever. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son a revelation. There wasn't another one. There's not another plan. Jesus is the plan. Jesus is the way, the only son. That whosoever, and you read it and it gives you a revelation that my friend who was with God and walked away is coming back. I need to pray differently. A revelation from John 3, 16 that maybe we've all heard. And then you have an application that you take action and you operate in new responses. So if I've had a revelation and I've affiliated myself with the word of God, then I will send that message to my family. We are going to declare the word of the Lord, the word of life, the word of hope. We are not going to declare the word of defeat in Jesus' name. Amen? You know, even as a mama, I, you know, I'm a mama I don't know if you say it here, like a mama chicken, a mama hen that gathers all her babies. I like all my babies. Some of y'all are my babies. Some of you are my brothers and sisters, my sons, my daughters. But I like all my babies to like be happy. But this word is applying to me. So when my daughters are on the group chat and there's a big need that they're all praying for and they're being really specific about the need and the Holy Spirit says, you've had a revelation. Now I want you to apply it in this conversation. And so I said, Lord, what if they go, Mama, <laughs> we're just talking about what we need to pray for. What if they get upset with me? Do it anyway, I heard the Holy Spirit say. Do it anyway at 2 o'clock in the morning. Because, you know, they're up in the U.S. and I'm not, but I am. So I send the message. And suddenly the conversation shifted. And I heard, Amen, Agreed. Yes, Lord, may it be so. And I felt across the sea a shift in how they were looking at this very difficult situation. And application changes what's happening in other people's lives. And finally, thank you, finally the manifestation that he will manifest his power when you keep your heart and your attitudes open to him. You have to have that expectation. When I count on his word to stay strong, I need to have an expectation that he's going to do what he promised. Amen? And so I want to say to you this morning, what is strength? What is strength? If I'm going to stay strong in the Lord. David was told in Joshua, it says, be strong and courageous. What is strength? Strength is the capacity. You know what that means? It means you think you're not strong, but you have the capacity inside of you to withstand great force or extreme pressure. Stop saying, I can't do it. I'm too weak. I'm not strong enough. That's not my gifting. You have the capacity to withstand great pressure from the world because we're not living in heaven yet. And God is saying to you, I want you to stay strong. 
So this morning, I want you to look at David's story in the Bible. Specifically, I want to read to you 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. It says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul for his sons and his daughters. But David, say, but David. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. You see, when you read the Bible, God gives you a revelation. So as I was reading 1 Samuel, and I love this verse, I started backing up in 1 Samuel. I started going back to tell, how did David get to, I need to strengthen myself, even after these people are trying to stone me. They're trying to persecute me. They're trying to fire me. They're trying to say I'm not valuable. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. You see, think about Samuel. In 1 Samuel, the things that lead up to this verse, the Lord called a little boy named Samuel, come on, and he becomes God's prophet, and Samuel anoints Saul as a king. And he warns them to follow God. But then Saul does all this stuff, and so Samuel, that little boy that God called who's now a prophet, says, okay, Saul, you didn't da-da-da. So now I'm going to anoint David according to the word of the Lord. According to the word of the Lord. According to the word of the Lord. Samuel anoints David as king. Now, in chapter 16, it's a lot. So if you're writing notes, you might want to take notes on the chapter and then go back. Write one or two words. In chapter 16, the Lord tells Samuel to anoint David Even though David didn't stand out like the rest. He said, I'm looking for somebody to anoint as king. And everybody was like pushing somebody forward. It must be him. Must be my brother. Must be him. And Samuel kept saying, no, not him. No, that's not the one. No, God God told me and that's not him. Till they finally got to David, the little runt of the the crew. And, And Samuel says, that's the one. See, you think you're too little. You think you're too, too young. You think you're not wise enough. And God sent Samuel to find David amongst all the others and say, he's the one. He's the one. God has the power to do that. So David knew, even in that moment, that he had God's favor on his life, right? But guess what David had to do? In chapter 17, he had to face Goliath. It's a big giant. It was scary. But God gave David the victory. In our graphic, you see in the end, David with his sword on Goliath. He has had a victory. But it was not without fear or antagonism or being provoked. Hmm. But God gave the victory. I hope you don't ever look at that graphic again the same way I hope every time you look at it when you're facing a giant that you say wait a minute God gives the victory amen in chapter 18 David's friendship with Jonathan creates jealousy from Saul the father so now David is fighting for his life even though God called him anybody ever feel like that in chapter 19 Saul tries to kill David in chapter 19 in chapter 21, David flees to Gath. He's, he's fearful. He's afraid, it says in chapter 21. David said he was afraid. Is it wrong to give your fear to God? No. 
Does strength mean I don't have fear? No. It means my faith is in the Lord, not in me. So I want you to understand what David walked through. Amen. Yes, give God praise, real praise in Jesus' name. Not finished, though. In chapter 22, he hides in a cave. But then, say, but then. But then, because in spite of these challenges, he stays strong in the word of the Lord and the calling of God upon his life. In chapter 23, he saves the city of Keilah. Wow, David, the victor. In chapter 24, he has a chance to kill Saul, who came after him with 3,000 men. (laughs) And yet, he listened to the Holy Spirit's word of instruction, and he spared Saul's life. He had the chance to retaliate. He didn't do it. He stayed strong in the character and the faith of God upon his life. Wow. In in the face of 3,000 men. In chapter 25, Samuel, the one he loved, the one who called him, Samuel dies. Did David quit? No. No. He continues to hear from the Lord, even though the prophet, the one that was with him, is gone. David knows what's happening. In chapter 26, Saul comes after David again. Again, you're like, God, I already went through this battle. And again, Saul's coming trying to say, I'm taking you out. And again, David spares Saul's life. Again, David listens to the word of the Lord. In chapter 30, the Amalekites had come after him and his family. It's a low point for sure in David's life and other people's lives who've lost their sons and their daughters. And they're, they're fed up with it. And they're ready to stone David like what you told us isn't working. And verse 6 says it was because they were bitter and they were coming after him. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That's what we did this week in prayer and fasting. That's what you can do this afternoon. That's what you can do tomorrow morning. That's what you can do on Friday night. You can strengthen yourself in the Lord if he's your God. Remember I said Revelation? It says in the Lord his God. Not in the Lord Samuel's God. Not in the Lord Saul's whatever. (laughs) Not in the Lord Jonathan's God. In the Lord his God. You can strengthen yourself if you know him. How do you know him? In his word. In his word. The Bible tells us David strengthened himself. So when you back up and you begin to read the word, God begins to give you a new revelation. Wow. I won't ever look at that verse again. I will count on his word and stay strong because 1 Samuel 36, now let's read it again. Now that you understand what David went through for the first few chapters, David was greatly distressed. He had been afraid. And the people were speaking of stoning him. And they were bitter. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. The Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. But if you know all of David's story, you know that he had many victories and many defeats. He faced battles and he experienced blessings. Come on. He had emotional highs and he had extreme lows. All you got to do is read the book of Psalms. He says, oh, make a joyful noise to the Lord, my soul. Oh, my God, where are you and why have you abandoned me? He knows. He's saying to the Lord, I can bring all my feelings to you, but I will stay strong 
in the word of the Lord for my life. David stayed strong and continually yielded to the Lord. I don't have points on the screen for this, but I want you to write it down. One thing we know about David is he was reverent. He was reverent. He was respectful. He said in Psalm 18:3, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I'm safe from my enemies. The world has made us very disrespectful of each other. But David was reverent. He was respectful. In Psalm 31, 9, he said, be merciful to me, O Lord. I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. My soul and my body are filled with grief. But he said, be merciful to me. I respect your authority. I respect your power. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than these emotions. In Psalm 27, he was trusting. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Why should I be afraid of anybody? He trusted in the Lord his God, and he was devoted. He said in Psalm 4, verse 7, You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and their new wine abound. And then if you keep reading... In 1 Kings 1.29, we're at the end of David's life. And he says to the Lord, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my soul out of every adversity. And David appoints the next one, Solomon, as the next king. David is giving the torch to carry on to somebody else. But he recognizes, as the Lord who has redeemed me out of every, say every, out of every adversity. Worship team, I want you to come. Psalm 18, 1, he was loving. He said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Can you lift your hands for a minute and just say to the Lord, I love you. You are my Lord. You are my strength. I love you. Lord, let us learn from David's victories and his valleys, from his battles and his blessings. Let us learn that we can be called a man or woman after God's own heart when we honor who you are. I say to you this morning, who do you love? I want you to say Jesus. I say to you, who do you serve? I want you to say Jesus. I say to you, how do you know his strength? It's through the power of his word. How do you conquer the enemy? It's through the power of his Holy Spirit. How do you walk in victory? You have his word and his power. Thank you. Stand on your feet. What is your purpose? His pathway that he sets before you. You can trust and stay strong. He will be there. You can count on it. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 12.2 says, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray out of your glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. You see, he has made me glad. His promises are found in his word. His power is found in his Holy Spirit. His purposes are found in your obedience as you strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. He has made me glad in every circumstance. He has made me glad whether it feels like defeat or victory. Come on, y'all. He has made me glad in sickness or health. He has made me glad when I'm surrounded and when I stand alone. He has made me glad in need or in plenty. He has made me glad whether in doubt or in certainty. 
You hear me? If you're in doubt, He's made you glad. If you're certain about it, He's made you glad. It's not your certainty, it's His. It's not your riches, it's His. His Word changes me. His Word empowers me. His Word keeps me strong. His power keeps me strong. His presence makes me glad. I'm telling you this morning, I asked the worship team to sing that song again. He's made me glad. Because we're going to make a declaration. Before we do that, though, I want to invite you in this moment to say to the Lord, I need you to be my God. I need you to be my Lord. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Not because you're ashamed, but because I want you to know. Nobody's trying to point you out or single you out, but we don't do life alone. Where two or three agree as touching anything is done. You would say to me by lifting your hand in this moment, and I will tell you every Sunday when someone lifts their hand and they come and tell me after, it changed my life this week. I was going the wrong direction and God changed my life. You're in this room and you'd say, Pastor Jen, I need to count on him in a new way. I need to know the Lord, my God. Please pray for me. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you for that. I see it. God sees it. Yes, Lord God. I need to know him. I need him to be the Lord, my God. I need to be strong in the Lord. I need to not waver. I see your hands. I see your hands. We're going to make a new commitment with you. We're going to make a new commitment together. The Lord sees your hand. I want you to come and tell me at the end of this service, I made a new commitment. I made a deeper commitment today. Tell me your name. Say, my name is. I'm from this place. I will remember and I will pray with you. I want us to pray together right now in the name of Jesus. You say it and I'll say it. I'll say it and you say it. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I receive you. I receive you. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Purify me. Purify me. Take away my doubts. Take away my doubts. Take away my fear. Take away my fear. Help me to trust you as my God. Help me to trust you as my God. I am yours. I am yours. I receive your life-changing power. I receive your life-changing power. I will be strong in the Lord. I'll be strong in the Lord. Let's lift our hands and tell him thank you. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Wow. The Lord is faithful to his children. As you have listened to the message today, I pray that you hear the Lord saying, I know you, I've called you by name, and I'm working on your behalf. I invite you right now to say this prayer with me, to make Jesus Lord over all. Maybe there's something in your life today that has caused you turmoil, that has put questions or doubts in your mind. You know, the Bible says he's as close as the mention of his name. In this season, we celebrate Jesus, the name that's above every other name. So pray this prayer with me right now and ask Jesus to help you. He's with you. You are not alone. I want to say it again. You are not alone. So Father, we thank you right now. I'm going to pray this prayer and you're going to pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life, to take over every concern I have, 
Forgive me for those moments when I have doubted or don't trust. Be the Lord over all. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I say yes to you. I'm all yours from this moment forward. By the power of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for hearing this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to encourage you, if you have said this prayer, send me an email, write us, join us on campus when you get to Rome, because I know that God has something for you, and I know that you need to know you're not going to do life alone. I also feel very impressed today as I pray for you for the needs in your life. I know that during the, the winter months, there's lots of different emotions that come about. And I want you to know today the Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. He said his name is Emmanuel, God with us. And so today, I want to pray for your miracle. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would heal the broken heart, that you would restore the wounded mind, that you would be Jehovah Jireh for the one who has needs financially. God, you have shown us this year that we are the living proof that God is at work in us and through us. So right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, across the airwaves, wherever you're watching from, I am praying right now for your miracle in motion. I want you to say, I believe. I believe that God is with you. I believe that God is for you. And I believe that he has brought you to this family of faith, not only online, but wherever you are, that you would know. I have people who write me and I'm praying right now that you'll be one of those ones who said, I found new hope, new life, new purpose as I join together in prayer with Pastor Jen and all of those at ICF Rome. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your online giving. I thank you that you are sowing seeds. You are sowing gratefulness to God for all that he's done and doing. This has been an amazing year of living proof. And today, as we think about, we're getting ready to go into a new year before we know it. I want you to know God is with you. God is for you. You're not alone. Your miracle is in motion. I love you. We love you. And most importantly, Jesus loves you. So go out there, walk for him, shine for him, and believe that he's got a miracle for you.